0: Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet,
1: pet Sitter, sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're so happy and thankful that Mary with Aunt Mary's Pet Sitting is on to join us to talk about her business, her history in pet care, and how she's been impacted by COVID and how she sets herself apart from those and from the other competition. So, Mary, Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having
1: me, Colin. I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Could you please introduce yourself and tell us about uh, who you are and what you do?
1: So, as you said, I'm uh, Mary Cornelius, and I am the owner of Aunt Mary's Pet Setting, located in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. We're a licensed and insured uh, pet sitting company, and I've been in business just about five years. Uh, for most of that time... Um, I run the business as a sole proprietor, uh, but I am slowly now bringing on my, uh, my wife, uh, as my business partner, uh, primarily so that we can accommodate, uh, our clients more fully and say yes more than we say no.
0: So, so where, where did your passion for animals come from?
1: I guess I would have to pin that, uh, on my dad, um, He grew up uh, here in Nashville in the 20s, and he survived the Great Depression. Um, So that really had a very lasting effect on him, and he wanted to expose his kids to self-sufficiency as a way of life is kind of an overarching philosophy, personal philosophy of his. And so they owned a, my parents owned a hobby farm uh, on the outskirts of Nashville that we visited on the weekends. And uh, then later we moved uh, to the suburbs of Nashville and we had a large piece of property that we actually lived on full time. And so in addition to a huge organic garden, uh, we had chickens and cows and ponies and horses, and it was a very hands-on childhood. And it was in that environment that I kind of I learned how to relate to animals, how to see animals, certainly the domestic animals that we had, domesticated animals we had. As reliant upon us, um, we had a sacred duty to them uh, to feed them and care for them. And so that really stuck with me for a very long time as a formative experience. Uh, Strangely enough, we did not have any dogs or cats at home. And that was really more about my mother's domain. Uh, She could not leave a dog or cat outside to fend for itself. She would have had to have had a dog inside. And so, and we were all, my father in particular, very allergic to dogs and cats, oh, and it's oh, no. strange that I am now in the pet sitting business. But this was well before all the over-the-counter allergy medicines that we have today. But so we didn't have any dogs and cats. We we had um, the farm animals. It really wasn't until my wife and I got together. We've been together thirty-four years now. We started uh, adopting dogs um, on our own, and we and I really fell in love and with the company of dogs um, and began to kind of decode their language, just their love language really is kind of, I know that sounds sappy, but that's what I call it. They're, they just want to be loved. They want they are companion animals. We've bred them to be uh, with us and they love that consistency and just to be with their people. And um, so I have fallen in love, deeply in love with dogs. Uh, but I owe all my, really, my passion and understanding of animals to my dad in those formative years.
0: That sounds like such a wonderful, like you said, formative time in your life. That's just so wonderful. And, and you mentioned that you know it's hands-on, and that you really felt such a connection and a, a duty to your to your to the to the pets and animals in your life. So five years ago, when you started, what what made that switch into starting Aunt Mary's pet sitting?
1: Well, both uh, my wife and I have a background in the hospitality business. Um, we have lived all over the country uh, in different cities and states and, uh, you know, working in hotels and some restaurants, but primarily in the hotel business. And we came back to Nashville about six years ago because my father had passed on and my mother was here, but she wasn't in the greatest of health. and so I needed, I mean, she was really uh, my first priority. I am the youngest of five kids, but nobody else lives in this area. And Mm -hmm. so, and I had the most flexibility to return home. So it was a no-brainer for us to come back here. And um, so I looked at kind of the landscape and I said, well, uh, what sort of, job should I do or what kind of job could I have? And I knew the hotel business well enough to know how demanding it is. I also happen to know a couple of women who I really admire who are in the pet sitting business. And I consulted with them and I said, what do you think, uh, do you, th- you know, is there room for, for me here in Nashville? And they said, oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's room, there's room for everybody and you can really carve out. The kind of business that you want, so they were instrumental in helping me develop the confidence to do this, and they were generous enough uh, to send some clients my way. So I'll be forever indebted to both them, you know, for getting me started.
0: That's awesome! What what wonderful mentors and community that you have, being supportive there.
1: Sure, I feel very lucky to have them in my life, and they're still. Yeah. We we uh, celebrated Thanksgiving together. We were all on pet sitting jobs. And uh, we came back a couple of years ago, uh, this was, uh, came back to our house, to my house, and uh, Elaine cooked thanks- a full Thanksgiving dinner, and so we had the pet sitter's Thanksgiving, it was great. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. really wonderful. And, and especially to, to have that close community and that close connection with other people that you can bounce ideas off and share struggles and share successes that you have and just enjoy the company. For sure. So, do you have any pets currently?
1: Currently, no. Sadly, no. Um, our last uh, pup, pal, uh, we said goodbye to, I think it was about four years ago, about this time of year, four years ago. Um, he'd been with us. He was a, re- um, a stray that we adopted, and he'd been with us for 17 years. Oh, wow. Uh, so, he had a very good run, and we just loved him and he loved us it was a wonderful wonderful rapport but you know he just one day he told us it's time to go so we have not replaced pal um because i have so many dogs that i care for now that life has changed the tenor and tone of our lives have changed because of aunt mary's pet sitting Uh, in the best possible way I would add and I just don't think right now it would be fair to have our dog because I spend a lot of time away from home now so yeah
0: Yeah. that's that's one of the hard parts about the business is that if you are spending a lot of time away from home it makes it hard to care for your own so that is definitely a, a, a balance for sure And speaking of that, what kind of services do you offer?
1: Well, the crux of our business is overnight uh, pet care, either in the home of my client or with just the right conditions um, and the right conditioning. We will use our home for boarding, but that's a one-on-one, on one. it's a one-at-a-time one, one at a time kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have multiple dogs here. It's too complicated. It's too uh, fraught with potential fights and personality mm-hmm. conflicts. So we just leave it to one dog at a time when they come here. And uh, that's the crux of our business. But we also uh, pride ourselves on being highly customizable. We ought, And will do whatever a lot of what the client needs us to do. If they can create, if they can think it in their head, then we can pretty much make it happen. Um, We offer transportation uh, to and from other daycare or the groomer or the vet. We offer uh, drop-in walks and comfort breaks for dogs and cats. Uh, We offer a service that I like to refer to as a one-on-one daycare, where we basically, we come to your house, pick up your dog, And spend the day with your dog doing cool, fun things that are appropriate for your dog based on your dog's personality and your dog's age and physical condition. And that could be anything from going for a long walk in the park to cuddling on the couch to, you know, just going to Pet Depot or Home Depot or. Uh, Some place that's dog friendly, so it's really just about it's a perfect service for young dogs who need to be socialized um, or desensitized to environment to the environment. Um, it's great to bring them home here to my house so that they can get a sense of the smells and the things that we have here so that later on down the line, if they want to board here that they're ready for that and it's not uh, a culture shock for them and then lastly. The one service that I didn't think was going to be that popular, but has turned out uh, that it has been a a lifesaver for some of my clients, is we offer a check-in service for unoccupied homes. So really kind of a property management service, if you will. Some of our clients travel with their pets from time to time, or they go to a second home. And during the winter or uh, really hot, we have really hot summers here, they just want somebody to come in and check on the house uh, to make sure that all the systems and mechanicals are working properly and that something hasn't sprung a leak or <laughs> <laughs> or, or stopped working. And so, yeah. you know, we handle that for them or are, are happy to do so. No, those are, those last two are, are really interesting. That one-on-one daycare
0: service that you provide as far as basically socializing pets. And then I love the angle of, of and getting them accustomed to your home so that they can come yes. and stay overnight. Like that's just a wonderful thing because many people, when you talk about socializing your pet might not know exactly what that means or how to do it. And you're basically saying, I'll take them for a day and, and, you know, and we'll, we'll just go have the run of the town and have a blast and Mm -hmm. they'll be, you know, we'll, we'll get them accustomed to these things uh, in the long run. Right. Exactly. Really cool.
1: One part of my, um, my logo uh, is play, cuddle and explore. So it's really Mm -hmm. about that explore exploration part that I think makes for a happy dog in the end. Uh, When they're when they're, there's nothing they're afraid of. There's nothing they haven't encountered or experienced under the right conditions under with safety always at hand. And, uh, you know, I'm there to make sure they don't get in too deep to a situation, but uh, you know, just to, just to show them the world and it should, it's a big beautiful world and they should um, know how to navigate it.
0: And then that service that you said, as far as checking in on unoccupied homes, I would, I love that so much because especially if they're existing pet clients and they go on yes. vacation and they take their dog, say, hey, I'll still collect your mail, water your plants, you know, do these kind of just check-ins on the home. And that's a, that's a huge value add and yet another service that we can be providing the, the clients that we take care of. That's great. absolutely,
1: yeah. Absolutely. I always am looking for ways to expand what people, you know, to meet people's needs. That's what I'm here for. Uh, and, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Why? Why not? Right. It's it's an option, and and just see where it takes you. So, when you do have your your one dog in in the house, how do you help them and the clients feel at home uh, when they're staying with you?
1: Well, I would say from the clients' perspective, I think the first thing that they want to know is is my pet safe? Is my pet happy? Uh, So sending pictures um, is definitely step one. I mean, it's so fundamental um, in this day and age with cameras and phones as they are, let the client check in with their animal. But really, I think the trust factor starts so much earlier in the relationship with the client. And that's where The mandatory meet and greet meeting that we have before I ever agree to provide service. You know, this is where we both have the chance to say no if something doesn't feel right. And I would say that 99% of my business is through referrals. So clients won't give my name to their friends if they don't trust me. I won't schedule a one on one visit, a meet and greet visit that is, with a client who has come to me and asked for my service 24 hours say or 48 hours prior to the need to their need you know i have to have time to get to see them to see the pet to analyze the behavior of the pet and the needs of the pet i want a client who's putting their the care of their animal very high up on the priority list. So if they call me and they say, hey, you know, I don't even have dates that I need service, but I just want to get to know you so that we're ready when the time comes. That kind of client I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I yes, yes. Tell me how I can, how when I can meet you and how I can bend over backwards to help you with your situation. But to get back to your question, I would say, you know, from the pets perspective, you asked how I would make pets feel comfortable. And that just comes with time and exposure. Um, And I use that. And that's what I'm talking about with that first uh, meet and greet. And I use that as a way to introduce myself, not just to the humans, but to the pets and let them see me interacting with mom and dad or mom you know, have time there, have time answering questions and seeing how, do they, are they approaching me? Are they staying back from me? You know, how, and asking just tons and tons of questions, obviously. But there has been a time when I came back, I had this initial meet and greet and I asked, these were uh, big shepherds big German shepherds, German shepherds who had been in government service. Mm -hmm. And so they were, and this was a very large home, and they were really trained to protect the people in that house and the house itself. And so I did not feel that one meet and greet was enough. So I called and I said, you know, I really want to just come and spend time in the company of your dogs before you go away. And this was at no additional charge. This was on my time. I just want that dog when they are in, when they see me, when they're in my presence to say, oh yeah, that's my Aunt Mary. So, you know, it's all as all well. I can put my guard down. I don't have to protect and defend. Um, and that's safer for me and it's better and less stress for the, dog. I mean, it's stressful for dogs when their people go away. So we just want to eliminate that as much as we can.
0: As I'm hearing you talk, uh, I am curious about your hospitality background and what kind of strengths yeah. you you ha- you have being applied to the care and the services that you give.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's huge. I I I find myself sort of smiling to myself sometimes about uh, I'll do something or say something uh or think of something to add to my business or do in my business and I think, yeah. I owe that to my years of hotel work. I, I was working with clients, uh, selling hotel services. There's so many comparables. I just, I could, you know, I could go on and on about that. How to make people happy, how to make people feel warm and, and listened to and respected. All those are qualities that are important in any service industry, any, any section of service industry.
0: My goodness. Yeah. I mean, happy, warm, listened to, respected, like that's exactly how we should all be treating our clients. And and if we have um, employees treating them as well, because that just, that just speaks to your personal values and that you value the other people and you want to, to provide the best possible service. You bet. Thinking through some of your meet and greets and back through the ones that you've had. Have you ever had to decline a client after a meet and greet? And how did you handle that?
1: Thankfully, no. Uh, I have not had to decline outright uh, a client. There have been clients who we just simply have not been able to schedule because their calendar was inflexible and my calendar was so incredibly full. But I also ask a lot of questions over the phone uh, before we even schedule that in-person pe- in meet and greet. I don't want to waste anybody's time. So I think that answering while I have people on the phone, I should try to use that time efficiently um, and try to discern And I'm pretty good at it from experience um, (laughs) if it's going to be a good fit. You know, it can be challenging to book time with me. Um, I do have many repeat clients who travel more than just one week out of the year. So I have to sort of give my energy to maintaining those relationships, the ones that give me, you know, many, many pet sits through the year. Um, And sometimes, you know, my pet sits, some of my clients travel outside the country pretty regularly. And I've been on a job, it's not uncommon uh, for me to be on a job for three weeks, four weeks at a time. As a sole proprietor, it makes it really hard if a client wants to go. I mean, I can't say no to those. That's, that's part of of this business, uh, and depending on how you want to run your business, you know, I want my business to be profitable, and for me, uh, as a sole proprietor, to use my resources, which my primary resource is time, which is finite, I want to use that in the most efficient way possible. So sometimes that means evaluating clients by criteria that is less emotional and more practical. Um, I cannot possibly sit for everyone who calls me. So I do have to say no uh, on occasion, but I try to do it as gently as possible. And for those clients who, you know, uh, that that do use me repeatedly, um, there tends to be a pattern that I, and I keep, uh, try to keep a really good historical record on where I have been when so that I can look as the year comes up and I book at least six months out. So, uh, yeah, so I, I can look at my records and say, okay, this client, client A was here, was with me, had a trip to France in, uh, eight 2018. So what are they doing over the same time period in 2019 or 2020? 2021 i guess we'll 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 just chalk up 2020 to uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. to lost time but uh well you know like i said uh, you know people are beginning to travel i've got a very i've got a completely full july so um yeah wow people are looking to are have been at home have been quarantined and they want to get out of the house um and they want to and sometimes as much as they love their pets they want to get away from their pets and uh so yeah so i'm book, i'm completely booked for july uh they they don't want to fly necessarily they're not taking trips to france or to italy but they are going down to florida or mm-hmm. somewhere else that uh hilton had someplace where they that they can drive to from nashville So, so anyway, so that's a bit of a little bit of a rabbit hole, but um, yeah, I, um, I would say that, that that's pretty much the best answer I can give. I, uh, that I just can't, I know I cannot sit for everybody. So uh, yeah, I pick and choose and uh, I try to stay on top of what their needs are.
0: And I know you said part of that is you're, you're in this mode of trying to say more yes than, than no, which is. Which is why your wife is coming on and helping you with that. So, what has that been like working with your spouse in in your business more and more?
1: Well, we're lucky um, in that we love to work together and spend time together. So we we wouldn't be together for thirty four years if we didn't like to spend time together. And we have we and this uh, COVID quarantine has been wonderful. It's been, I mean, we're both getting older. Uh, I have to you know, pick my words carefully here cause I'm sure she'll listen to this, but you know, we're, we're, we are moving out. Her profession is she's a pastry chef. So, uh, but she is really stepping one, one toe at a time into retirement. Mm-hmm. and her retirement will be coming to work with me full time. Um and it's it's a very happy uh marriage, very happy relationship and um we're looking forward to her. She loves dogs and cats as much as I do and loves spending time with them and is great with them and she knows a lot of my clients because they stay here. Mm-hmm. And um so you know, she's she's a hundred percent trustworthy, and I have played around with the thought of hiring people or bringing on independent contractors and I've just never quite been able to go down that road um but with her um I see managing time management and uh scaling our business as really a possibility, and that's exciting sure
0: yeah cuz you have two people with the passion and drive and double the t- human hours in a given day now to, to do those kind of things and and when you bring when you have that kind of help you you can really start seeing those that path forward for scaling a little bit easier than you're like oh if i had to do this all by myself like ugh, yeah. that might be that might be hard
1: <laughs> right and the last thing you want to do i mean i i started this business to take myself You know, fully into my own retirement. I'm five years younger than she is, but um, you know, I want to war. I want to continue to do this for as long as I can. And I so burnout is something we haven't really talked about, but it's out there. And when you're busy and you're busy like I am, and you're away from your own home sometimes, you can get really. It can get lonely, and it can get isolating, and People. That's when people burn out and they just say, Ugh, I can't do this anymore. So I, I, I'm always aware of what my limits are and my boundaries and um, try to maintain those as best I can so that I can keep on going
0: what kind of things do you do when you see those boundaries how do you step back and maybe disconnect for a while and, and invest back in yourself
1: we talked a lot about how my clients have some pre- sometimes predictable patterns in their travel and their need for my services so i use that uh and basically like i know that after the first week in january i am pretty much going to have about 3 weeks where I don't have much business. So that's when we, I redline that time in my calendar and I schedule 10, 12 days on the beach somewhere. And uh, I let my clients know, hey, you know, and they, and by now they've worked with me These many years, they know what to expect. Oh, this is Florida week, or and they're so and they're so they they are so sweet. They respect me for that. They Mm. they look at that as me taking care of myself, so that I can better take care of them. Mm. These are smart people. They're you know they see it, they know it, and because they and they do the same for themselves. So why wouldn't I do it for myself?
0: And and I hope that people listening to that really feel what that means of, yeah. of your clients res- will respect that. Will there be a few that maybe don't get it? Possibly, possibly, but the vast majority are going to understand that you need time and For that sure. can be, that that can be scary to, to redline three whole, you know, three whole, Oh, what do you mean? That's, that's lost yeah. revenue. That's time away. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. What if somebody needs me? That's all this, what is, what is, but you're on a beach soaking up sun somewhere and that's yeah. wonderful, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, I tell, I tell them, I mean, communication in situations like this is key. Right. And so I'll tell them, Hey, remember, uh, I'll be on the beach. If you need me, shoot me a text, but don't be mad. I might not answer you right away. It may take me, but I've been on vacation and, and answered a text or two and just said, right. Hey, uh, yeah, this sounds Uh, If somebody needed to know availability for a date in the future because they were trying to make their own plans, Mm -hmm. then I might shoot them a text back and say, yeah, um, this looks good. We'll confirm everything when I get home, but don't see any reason why we can't move forward with that. I'll put you on the calendar tentatively. You know, so it's that sort of thing. It's a response, but it doesn't detract from me having my time away.
0: Right. Right. You're not suddenly being pulled off for four or five hours behind a computer solving something or doing that kind of work. It's, oh, I can answer this right now and I can get back to my day. Exactly. Looking at some of your policies and guidelines, there are, I saw that there are four things that you promise your clients during their care. And I would love for you to tell us what those are and why they're so important to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for asking this question. Um, so you looked at my website. Uh, or, <laughs> and that's great. I'm glad you did. So when I started my business, I thought, how can I, you know, we've been sitting here talking for, I don't know, half an hour maybe. And I've told you a lot about myself. But a client, when making a decision about who to hire for their pet sitter or whatever service they need. We don't always have the luxury of having these kinds of long, in-depth conversations. Those usually come later. So they won't even pick up the, I just want them to feel comfortable picking up the phone to call me. Uh, and they're going to get those, that information from my website. A little, a little window, if you will, as to, into who I am and what's important to me. So mm. I thought about qu- how can I quickly articulate what I am? about as a person and what's really important to me as a pet setter. And I thought about my time in the corporate world and how important mission statements can be as a kind of a working document, a working guide. Um, that I can kind of come back to from time to time, uh, to refresh my thinking, refresh my priorities. I asked myself, how do I want to be seen, um, by my mm-hmm. clients and what are the components of my character that I really want to show people, um, people who are trusting me with, the you know, the keys to their houses and their beloved pets, pets that they consider almost like children. And so there are four touchstones on that website that you looked at and they are, we will be gentle. Uh, I would hope that this is a no-brainer, but unfortunately I read the news and I know that it is not always a no-brainer. It's not something that people should um, just take for granted. Um, I say in my website, we will never yell, scream, or berate your pet uh, will and we will never ever hit your pet. this uh is so fundamental it's hard to even talk about it, but yet I think it's so primary that I couldn't leave it out um, so. You know, we are not trainers, but we've learned through the years about training a dog. We know about communicating with dogs, dogs who are scared, dogs who are bored, dog, and and we know how to read all those things. And uh, dogs that are just acting out because they're puppies or you know for whatever reason. So we have ways of communicating with dogs who are in all those stages of emotion. And yelling, screaming, and hitting are never part of the language that we use to communicate with your dog. The second touchstone is we will be safe. And this kind of touches back to that responsibility that I talked about from my childhood that I learned about from with my dad. It's a sacred responsibility. And I don't, You know, uh, sacred seems like a little heavy handed, but really, I don't think so. Um, These animals look to us for so much. I mean, they have, yeah, they have instincts for survival, but they're always looking to us to make big decisions. Uh, So I'm always thinking about what's in the best interest of this animal and not how am I going to get paid for this? Or, uh, you know, that's not, that's not a factor. We work those things. As I tell my clients, if your dog's in distress, like medical distress, I take your dog to the emergency vet or to their vet of, of record. We don't, you're the second person I call. The owner is the second person I call. Uh, we'll work it out between us later, but I want your, I want your dog. I had a dog that had seizures, uh, and you know, their, their owner was in, um, Israel. I took that dog to the vet. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't about, uh, oh should I ask the client should I call the client no the dog went to the vet and we worry about that we worry about all the rest later but we want what's best in the best interest of the dog so we'll be safe touchstone number two touchstone number three we will be honest and this is really for the humans um and you can be you can be slightly dishonest with dogs, and they don't they don't worry about it. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, basically, what this means is I'm going to tell you about the good and the bad that happens with your dog. Um, you know, because you deserve to know uh, if your dog poops in the house, and you know, because they were nervous. I'm going to clean it up, but I'm also going to tell you, you know, Mm. we had a stressful day today uh, and this is why, and this is what we're going to do to resolve that. So honesty uh, is the third. And then the last is um, we will respect your home. And this is a big one. And I could talk about this one all day with you, Colin. This is what I think separates me from a lot of other people who pets it. I say on my website that what this means to me is that I won't use your house as the party pad. I'm not going to have friends over uh, to hang out unless you know about it. And it's usual. I mean, it's extraordinarily rare. Um, but I did have a really close girlfriend come home from the West Coast and for Christmas one year. And, but and she wanted to see me, but I did not feel comfortable about leaving the dogs. And I knew that she and I would get engr- engrossed in conversation and the time would slip away. So I called the client, I texted the client actually, and I said, hey, uh, here's the situation. Um, do you mind in advance, I'm t- asking you this and you certainly have the right to say no, but do you mind if I visit with an gr- old girlfriend um, who's in school, I mean, who's in uh, in town? Uh, who I went to school with, and she said, "Absolutely not." But thank you so much for asking. That was really, really great that you asked before you just did it. So, um, so that's what I'm. That's the kind of thing I, I'm talking about. I won't. I don't drink alcohol, although I love to have a glass of wine after the pet job. Pet sitting jobs are over, but I don't drink alcohol when I'm on duty because what if I have to rush your pet to the vet in the middle of the night? I can't be impaired. But what it doesn't say, primarily because of the limits of space on my website, I don't want my website to be 40 pages long, is I protect my clients' privacy. I protect your personal things from the opportunity of, of intrusion by people with curious eyes, including my own. I don't care. I don't care about your stuff. And I don't care to. Look at your stuff, I want your pet to be happy and safe and well cared for. I have not confused your willingness to have me in your home as an invitation into areas that of your home that are not my business so that's that's i just i take this so seriously it's a it's a it's a bond uh, of trust not only with pets but with um the privacy of people's domains. Uh, and I just, uh, it's a line I would never cross.
0: I love how you have these phrased as promises and, because it just, it, it humanizes it so much. And it really immediately speaks to what people are getting and what you value as a person. And, and to that, you know, you, you started off by saying this mission statement was something that you could refer back to. Viewing a mission statement as something for yourself, in addition yes. to your clients, reminding yourself what what am I bringing to the table? Maybe on those bad days where you're like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know how to make these decisions. I don't know what to do now. I, that mission statement helps you su- sort through those sort of things and just keeps that on fresh in your mind. Of each new client that comes in, I am going to be gentle, safe, honest, and I'm going to show them respect. Like just four knock it out of the park statements to know every time you walk in through somebody's door. So I, I, I did want to bring those up because I love those so much. I thought they were really, really cool.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, a lot of thought and, you know, passion went into creating that. So thank yeah, you.
0: You're welcome. And, and you like the respect your home thing, just an example, because it is really tempting to look behind that door that's shut <laughs> or in that drawer in the kitchen that Wait, this one's the knives or what, what's that one? I don't know what that is like that's as you said like the willingness to have them in your home is not an invitation to to go through their stuff it's just right. reminding it, this is a professional this is a business and that does separate yourself because you do describe it as a your your service a, as a high-end boutique and i feel like a lot of these speak to you know that kind of service
1: yeah yeah i i i, I use those words because um basically i have I, a cl- I have clients that fall into, uh, into two categories, uh, retired executives um, who travel extensively and, like I said before, have second homes, and they want somebody who can stay for an extended period of time um, who will communicate with them about their pets and their house, but not too much. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to hear from me every day. They're out, they're out there on the beach, you know, right. they're, or they're traveling and touring and they just, they, they want to be left alone. They want to know that everything's going to be okay. And if something significant comes up, I let them know about it. But other than that, you know, we check in from time to time. So I can, with those clients, I can coordinate uh, housekeeping staff, groundskeepers, maintenance people, um, as well as of course the pets' needs. So that you know, I, I don't mention picking up the mail and taking out the garbage because to me that is expected. You know, mm-hmm. that's that is just the the price. I, I would never. I leave my clients' houses. As clean, if not cleaner, than when they left them. So, and I often leave little gifts when they come back, like things like um, you know, a bouquet of fresh cut flowers. I do a, I do a lot of their. If they don't have a yard person, I'll do. I'll make sure that everything is watered uh, while I'm while they're away, and that mm-hmm. things look fresh and alive. Um, I may put. Uh, I do have clients who are great gardeners, and um there's a gardening catalog that it seems like everybody loves that i'll I'll put the latest issue of the gardening catalog out for them to see um when they come home um so just little things that I know they like, I make sure that I do those and that they're there when they come home a welcome a handwritten welcome home note so those are very typical sorts of Extra things I do just to say thanks for your business. The second type of client that I have is uh, a very busy, very active professional. They may have children or they may not. Uh, their travel schedule can uh, is usually based either on the school schedule or you know their work schedule. Uh, They might go for shorter times, but they might also go traditionally go during the holidays. uh, So Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, they might go on a, well, sometimes they go on a cruise, but I'm not so sure how much cruising people are going to be doing. Uh, For them, I like to, um, again, kind of refer back to that history and say, hey, you know you guys they're so they're busy and they they don't have time to talk to me for long extended periods and sometimes pet care all by they love their although they love their pets they don't you know they've got so many other balls they're juggling that they i i try to be that reminder um hey are you guys going to visit grandma and grandpa again at thanksgiving So let me get this, you know, let me remind you that as soon as you get those travel dates, let me put you, let me get them on my calendar so that we don't, I don't book over a date that you want. So these are the, this is the level of involvement and personalization and customization that I try to deliver to my clients, again, probably Really reeks of the hotel business. <laughs> um, uh, but that's, you know, that's in my blood. So, yeah. Um, so, that's the, when I say boutique, that's the kind of personalization that I'm talking about that I think really sets me apart. And we're always looking, you know, there's a lot of people out there bed sitting, and we're always looking as business people for ways to distinguish yourself from somebody else
0: right right and it and it does it does come down to what are you as the business owner willing or wanting to do for your clients and right. it sounds like like you have taken this to to a, a really amazing level of of customization and attention to detail and service through and through and i'm sure that has affected maybe you know how you set your rates or or how that plays into you know competing quote unquote with other services in your area
1: Luckily, um, no, nobody has batted an eye at my rates. I think I am always looking at, you know, I, I basically, I do a, a wage uh, or a rate survey from other pet sitters and other pet related businesses in my area about uh, maybe once a year. Um, so I want, you know, I want to be competitive. I don't want to be so far out there with my rates that people just are turned off, but it, it is a little bit of just wait and see and, you know, let me, let me explore, you know, show you what I can do and create. And I'm always willing to talk to a client about my rate and why I set it the way that I do. And if they're they're certainly free to to initiate that conversation with me and I don't shy away from it. You know, I am, as I mentioned before, I am licensed, I am insured, I do have I do not have an overhead per se. I don't have and I don't have employees, but I do have operating expenses that come off of you know, the top of what I, you know, I have to employ a a CPA who does my books and I do, um, you know, all of the taxes, which in Tennessee are not as onerous um, as in some states, thankfully, Mm -hmm. but I still have reporting that has to be done um, on a quarterly basis and taxes that have to be paid. And um, licensing, you know, LLC fees. So all of those things our business ongoing business expenses. And, um, you know, still, um, I feel that it's, I have to, I have to always look at what's fair, um, for what the client is asking and, um, and just try to operate from a position of, of, you know, how would I want to be treated? Um, but yeah, um, I think once they have, once they see my service, uh, they understand, they get it. And um, I also don't nickel and dime my clients. So I don't, you know, I don't do a whole bunch of, I don't leave them an invoice with a whole bunch of tacked on charges. So I try to just make it fair from the beginning so that everybody's happy, you know, that they feel like they're getting value. And I feel like I'm getting compensated in the way that I think I should.
0: Wage setting and and what you charge is, is is kind of is, is really hard as a pet sitter because you know, a lot of us would just do this for free even if you know because <laughs> you know, because we get to be with dogs and we just enjoy it and it's, it's such a passion and so yeah. when when i know many of us have come across that statement of well i'll just get the neighbor to do it they'll you know they'll do it for free they're they just got out of you know they're on break for summer so they'll just come yeah. over sure. and, and it's like okay no no harm no foul i get it you know they're getting experience they're going to offer that to you but do they have licensing insuring bonded will they you know bring in this stuff do they have this attention to detail and, and you start going through that list most people are going to sit there especially for the clientele that, that you have are going to go ah there's a value add here that mm-hmm. i can't get elsewhere
1: mhm yeah i mean you know i have a client who um who went down that road and this is not to say that every uh Every kid down the street the the kid down the street is not a wonderful example of responsibility and right. highly capable of handling uh, a job that you know I was a kid and I used to uh, babysit for kids and i I was scared to death that you know <laughs> <laughs> that I would that I would mess up so I was an extremely conscientious kid and I hope that that has translated into my adulthood. But, you know, so I'm not dissing uh, young people who are trying to make a summer living. I think that's great. And I don't want to, I don't want to stand in their way. I I want, there are plenty of people out there um, Mm. for whom this will be a perfectly acceptable way for them to get their needs met and their pet's needs met. But if you have a house as that's seven or eight or 10,000 square feet and you want to go to your summer home and the water heater breaks and floods the first floor is a college kid going to be prepared now this is a you know I'm basing this on something that actually happened right I mean (laughs) for sure for real I am yeah uh is a college kid going to have the wherewithal and the life experience to deal with that situation in a in a home that big? That's a huge responsibility. It's to it. We want to set. We always want to set people up for success, not failure. Mm-hmm. So just be, you know, just be be ready for. Uh, and, and if you're only going to go for three or four days, you know, it'd probably be fine. Mm-hmm. But have a backup, have a backup. Sure.
0: Yeah. And again, not to say that those other services aren't, aren't as genuine or needed or, or necessary for those people. Uh, it's just looking at what's going to work for you, you know, from the client's perspective, what, mm-hmm. off, what, what is going to be the best. And then for the, for the pet care providers, setting your prices accordingly to the value you know you bring to, to the service and that you're going to be bringing to the client. Switching gears a little bit here, and we have into things going on in 2020. um, In COVID-19 and the pandemic, uh, how has that impacted your community and your business in Tennessee?
1: Mm, Long sigh. Um, (laughs) These have been really difficult times for sure. Um, I started the year with uh, a very, very full calendar. I had planned a trip. Myself, uh, both my wife and I were due to go out of the country um, in mid March. So I had blocked off some what normally is very, very busy time for me. But I checked with some clients who would have normally used me um, over that time and said, Hey, this is kind of a once in a lifetime trip. So um, I want to schedule it. And can we work? Can you work around? This um, opportunity for me to travel, and they were very supportive. And so we we put our deposits down, and we're planning to go out of the country in mid March. And I had finished up with a client like uh, 24 hours before I was going to get on the plane to go, and then the bottom fell out. First of all, Nashville um, had a tornado that began to, was extraordinarily devastating Mm. and uh, took a lot of people out of their homes completely, just destroyed businesses and homes. And then um, COVID all became very, very real. And the country that we were traveling to uh, closed its borders and said anyone coming in must be able to show that they can quarantine for two weeks in a private home. So our tour and our trip was off and, uh, my wife came home from her job and said, uh, not going back, (laughs) uh, (laughs) they're closing down everything. And her job as a pastry chef is for, um, a, a facility that books large events. So group events like weddings Corporate meetings, yeah. so none of that's coming back anytime soon. So you know, and then of course, as we as we roll through April, May, um, everything on the calendar just evaporated. Um, I I spoke to my clients, and they were fantastic. Uh, they offered to pay me uh, anyway, um, and. You know were they were coming up with so many creative solutions for my for me, wanting to pay me in advance for things or buy gift certificates and you know, I felt like that was just kind of a mortgage on the future that I did not want to um, i I didn't want to have to take out, so I declined grace gracefully and graciously with lots of thanks to them for their concern. But, you know, Elaine and I are, uh, getting on and we're older. We have a very sound financial footing. So we have savings and, um, we've been able to ride this out just fine. And, you know, but from the perspective of Nashville, uh, that tornado, and then all the folks who have not, or are not as lucky as we are, who have, for whom this has been so disruptive and just crippling um, financially and emotionally, our hearts go out. We've tried to, you know, to to be supportive. Uh, we're in a place where where we can support. So we want to try to do things for our community. We make, you know, additional calls and um to seniors and uh to our friends and uh to people in our broader community, uh, our faith community, uh all of that we try to be there um to just to support people who are having a tough time right now. But for us in our business we're we have staying power, Uh, we're going to be here and we are here and things, and I'm just really grateful to see that things are beginning to come back. So.
0: Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's really good to hear. And uh, yeah, it has been a time to be reflective and to, you know, most importantly, as, as you've done yourself, Mary, is to reach out to people and just have a listening ear and communicate with them and, and, and spend some time with people that maybe you didn't do a whole lot of that before you know we've been as pet sitters, we're kind of busy most days Mm -hmm. and don't really have time to sit and and (laughs) and and carry on a two-hour phone conversation or whatever that looks like you know so it's Mm -hmm. that i will say that that i i'm you know that has been wonderful to see and i i know we've done it several times with our friends and it's been it's been really um gratifying and, and 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 uh nourishing to to megan and i to be able to have that with with people and um that's something that i hope you know, doesn't get taken for granted moving forward. Uh, and it does, doesn't get lost in the shuffle.
1: Right. Right. I mean, I, tr- I really try to stay kind of in a place of gratitude, um, through all of this and, you know, just think about the, the lessons learned through this, through this process. I started, um, gardening in my backyard, um, because that's something I've always loved, but I haven't had time to do. I haven't had time to tend to a plant um i tend to too many other things on you know four leg on four legs and two legs so where yeah. how how in the world could i actually spend time growing something and making sure something is watered but it's been really a lifesaver for me that, you know just to keep um keep my mind active
0: so did you ever have to officially close down or did just business kind of dry up to the point where you didn't need to
1: i don't did not need to close down and i did not um i mean i I did not have any business, um, for mid from mid March through, um, basically the end of May. Mm. And, uh, now, uh, I am just now picking up some, uh, one-on-one daycare, uh, a little bit of transportation. And then I've got, um, overnight bookings now, um, on, on the, on the calendar. So, and i'm booked you know i have bookings on the calendar f- for overnight pet sitting and in-home pet sitting through the end of the year now whether or not i'm not I would not say i'm booked solid but i'm i have a fairly good amount of business on the books now whether or not that holds true is yet to be seen um you know there's always been talk and the fear that we may have a resurgence of coronavirus, that we may have to go back um, into quarantine if we're dealing with coronavirus and the flu, for instance, in the fall. I really am hoping beyond hope that that does not happen, but uh, we need to be prepared uh, and we're doing things you know, now just to shore ourselves up to be ready in case that does happen.
0: So since uh the the bulk of your business and services that you offer is going into people's homes and doing overnight stays how have you managed that process in a global pandemic as far as protocols and safety
1: As much as I can I stay um like for instance if I'm picking up a dog uh for this happened just the other day I was picking up a I picking up a dog for one-on-one daycare um that dog knows me Uh, and will run to me so the client uh, sees me pull up in her driveway Um, I can also text the client and say I'm here uh, if they can't see me or if not in a place where they can see and I just ask that the client has that dog um, in its harness if it uses one and almost all my dogs are are, use harnesses um, just so that we can protect their tracheas and um I use my own leash, so as long as it's safe, I just basically give a cue to the owner to let the dog out and the dog and I'm standing outside, and the dog sees me and runs to me, and I can leash that dog up so I never come in contact with the owner um, I never use the owner's leash i don't hold I'm not using you know handling it or or anything like that, and I don't go inside uh, the client's home uh it- I can schedule meet uh, meet and greets on back decks and screened in patios uh, for new clients. Uh, we can do a zoom meet and greet um, that does not bother me at all it's a little less um, helpful in me uh, analyzing what the dog is like. I can certainly ask questions initial questions from the client, but I don't get a sense of what the dog is really like or what the dog's needs are um, so we have to you know I don't mind masking and uh, using uh, disposable gloves when that is appropriate and we can talk to the client about that in advance and see what their comfort is um, you know the the real uh, difficult component of my business with coronavirus is staying in somebody else's house right. and <clears throat> so I'm just going to need to add um, to the very large kit of things I carry in my car anyway, to pet sitting jobs, um, disinfectant and disinfectant wipes. And I'm going to need to disinfect uh, bef- when I first get there and on the last day of of service uh, so that the client comes home too. Uh. And I also really try to limit my footprint within the house. Um, I, I always get uh Wi-Fi password so I can use if, if instead of watching their te- television and handling their remote, if I can stream a movie on my iPad, uh, rather than using their, their electronics, um, then I do that. Um in the kitchen, again, it's really just all about sanitizing as we go. Um, I always bring my own groceries to a pet set. I don't eat my client's food. Um, so uh, unless they specifically say, oh, please, you know, eat the eat that soup I made, <laughs> um, then, I, then I do. But I generally stay out of there. Uh, I use the refrigerator for storage, but I don't i stay out of their pantry and places like that. So it's really just about cleaning up behind myself, which I do anyway. Um, Sometimes, almost always, I stay in a guest room. There are very rare occasions when a client wants me to sleep in the master. And that's really only if the dog is just used to sleeping there. But I find... I can sleep in a guest room and the dog will follow me wherever I go, you know? So if it's okay with the client, I just as soon stay in the, in the guest room as the master.
0: A lot of these stuff, it sounds like you're already doing, it's just taking a, maybe a little bit half step more to do and think through exposure vectors and how best to control that. And, and you know, like the idea of, well, I've got a phone, I've got an iPad. I'll just watch on that. Sure. It won't be as nice as their. 60 or 70 inch plasma (laughs) TV or whatever, but you know what? I think I can manage for these few nights, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if, if it were, if it were one of these pets, it's where, um, and I will have one coming up where I will be there for three weeks, so you know clearly there's some comfort factor involved in that. But um, I'm I'm trying to stay up on what the CDC is saying as far as uh, the 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 level the risk level in transmission from hard surfaces, and just keeping in mind that it's pretty hard to transmit it. And if I keep my hands clean and, um, you know, and then just, just be metic- meticulous about cleaning up after myself, especially on that last day. And I think we'll be okay. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's paths forward and there's ways to to get around it and make it so that you can still provide service in a, in a safe way for both you and the client. Exactly. Thinking back through how 2020 has been. I was curious what kind of lessons you've taken away or, or advice you would give to to other pets. That- oh,
1: 2020. Um, wow. I mean, who could, who could have thought in 2019
0: yeah, <laughs> that we would be
1: dead? I mean, I, I entered 2020 with such, um, wow, you know, it's a new decade and what a, what a year of, of growth and, uh, and change, this. It, it feels like we're on the cusp of such right. growth and change. And I know that for some, it feels that the bottom has truly fallen out. I mean, we look at, you know, this, the civil unrest, um, the racial strife, none of that can be diminished in its importance or should be diminished in its importance uh, and its impact. And I'm not one of these people that says just because it doesn't affect me that it's not within my, you know, it's not within my field of vision because I'm not personally affected by it. We're, we're all personally affected by it. What, if, what affects one affects us all in some way, shape or form. So that's where, you know, it just comes back to me staying, like I said before, staying in a place of gratitude, trying to write notes of encouragement, trying to help my community trying to do uh what's right uh for myself and for other people who are hurting and uh, and I have to have I have to believe that things you know will work out in the end that will make that will be better uh I I saw something on social media that really struck me um in this vein about you know when everything looks so broken. Um, Could this be the breaking that we as a society, as a country, as a world, is this the breaking that we needed um, to remake ourselves, to learn, to learn lessons the hard way, unfortunately? And I say this as someone for whom in my own family, we lost someone to COVID um, who was in the New York area, a family member, a, a, a cousin um of my wife's um who passed away oh,
0: I'm so, so
1: sorry. yeah um it's it's real uh and it's you know it's a tragedy but sometimes uh through dark dark tragedy comes um new uh, what's that song uh there's a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in. Right? right right so i'm just hoping that the light will come in and show us to something better, stronger than we had in the past that maybe we didn't even know was possible.
0: Mary, I am so thankful. And it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. And I love your story. And I love your passion. And I love your resilience that you have and the beautiful outlook that you have moving forward. If people want to follow along, get in touch, check out your website, all that good stuff.
1: How can they do that? You bet. Yeah. They can reach me by looking up on the great worldwide web, www.antmaryspetsitting.com. They can find me on Facebook. There's a link, by the way, from the that will, you can click on from my uh, website to, that will take you to my business webpage. And then if you like Instagram and just like pictures of cute puppies and cute kitties, uh, and you don't want to and you don't like the format of Facebook, um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, and I am at Aunt Mary Loves Pets. Aunt Mary Loves Pets. Uh, that's what, the way you can find me on Instagram. So I'm out there on social media and I'm out there on the web. And the, there's also my phone number is on my web website as well. So you can reach out to me that way.
0: Good. And we'll have links to all that and more in the show notes and on the website too, so people can check right there for that. Mary, again, Real pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure to see you
1: too, Colin. Be well. You can really tell
0: that Mary's background in the hospitality industry shines through in everything that she does in her business. From how she plans and executes her services to how she has laser-like focus on exactly who her clientele are and how she provides service to them. That's a good reminder that we should all be able to describe exactly who we're marketing to and how our services help fill their needs in very specific ways. And I love the four things that she has in her policies that she promises to give during her care. To be gentle, that they will be safe, honest, and that they will respect their home. This really does humanize the services and lays it out clear as day as to what those expectations are and the level of service that she brings to the table. That clear communication and upfront honesty about your services really does lay the foundation for exactly what kind of services you provide and helps your clients know what to expect. You can follow us along on Facebook or Instagram at Petsitter Confessional. You can also check out our website for all of the past shows and extensive show notes for every single one at PetsitterConfessional.com. We love being able to share others' experiences to help us all grow closer as a community and greater in knowledge.